North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. All right. Hello. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. You've tuned into another episode. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor. So great to have all of you back on and thanks for joining me. I said last week that I was going to be uh, talking a little bit about the details on the Shine Retreat coming up, and we have those details out. That's going to be the first week of July, and we're going to be heading down to Nicaragua to have some rest and relaxation. Super excited to do this. It'll be the first one that we're doing. If you want to have more details about that, go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com, sign up for our email updates, and we'll give you details on the retreat. And I'm very excited to have you guys down there. It's all about the rest and relaxation. We'll be talking about that on the show today, especially with a very special guest, Sean Stevenson is on the show. He is a best-selling author and creator of the Model Health Show, featured as the number one health podcast in the country on iTunes, so he passed me up long ago. He's a graduate of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Sean studied business, biology, and kinesiology, and he went on to be the founder of Advanced Integrative Health Alliance, a company that provides wellness services for individuals and organizations around the world. He's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Men's Health Magazine, ESPN, Fox News, and many other media outlets. He's also a frequent keynote speaker for numerous organizations, universities, and conferences, all without outstanding reviews, I'm sure. To learn more about Sean, you can visit themodelhealthshow.com. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. It's so great to have you. I started to be a listener of your show, I don't know, probably kind of in the beginning of when you started recording. And what I really identified with was your personal health story with your back um, injury back in the day. And it was something that about a year, year and a half ago, I fell down a flight of stairs myself and injured my back. And so your story really resonated with me and how you got back to health. And I actually listened to a lot of what you did and did that myself and it made a big difference. So is that kind of what got you into studying health is your own health story? Yes, definitely. And thank you for sharing that. Like that, that really hit me in my heart. And yeah, it was, I, I, I was always interested in athletics. You know, I was, um, constantly in something, you know, when I was a kid and, uh, especially when we got into high school, it got a little bit more serious. And it's so funny. My son is the same age that I was, and he just got a letter from his first, uh, sort of college scout. And I remember having that same thing happen. I ran a, a, I don't know if how many people pay attention to the NFL, but I ran a four five 40 yard dash wow. when I was 15 years that sounds old. Good. <laughs> It, it was. It's pretty fast. You know, there are inner people in the NFL and like that's kind of the hallmark is being able to run a four, five and four or wow. four, four. And this is these are grown men. I was still a kid and everything was looking good. And it was my big goal. But fate kind of had other plans and I ended up breaking my hip and track practice just running crazy. And it's really something very abnormal that it was no trauma. Nobody hit me. I didn't fall. But my hip broke just from running because at that time, little did I know my, my body was so brittle inside. My bones were so brittle. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that led to a string of about a dozen other industries. 
I'm sorry, in- injuries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really seemed like my athletic endeavors were over. And ultimately, it wasn't until I was 20 that I was diagnosed with degenerative bone disease, degenerative uh, disc disease. So the disc in between the vertebrae and my spine were breaking down and leading to a whole lot of pain, as you can imagine, because everything is running through your back. So until somebody actually has a back problem, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, walk it off. Yep, what totally. It? It's just your That's back. That's how it was. Like, Yep. You know, but it, when you have it happen, it's just like if something happens with your back, it shuts down everything, you yeah. know. And so that was kind of how I was living my life for about two and a half years, just really suffering a lot of medication. And that was the hallmark moment for me, really understanding the power that sleep has on our health. Because I spent so many nights in that two and a half year period tossing and turning and helping to keep Tylenol PM in business right. and using, you know, pharmaceutical drugs as well that were prescribed to me because my pain was so bad. It would literally wake me up if I changed positions. And so, uh, but what I found that even taking those sleeping medications, I would wake up feeling like a wreck and right. it just was so difficult to get out of bed, even though it seems like I got eight hours of sleep this time instead of five or four or whatever it was. But ultimately, once I changed the things that was going on in my in my life, my lifestyle, my nutrition and other things, it had a radical impact on my sleep quality. Yeah. And once my sleep got good, I, I got better because one of the big takeaways from t- today is that if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you were able to get off of these these medications using more of these natural kind of approaches, right? And you really brought in the power of exercise. Isn't that a big part of your recovery that you did? Definitely. For especially being a guy, it's mm-hmm. the low hanging fruit, you know, it's right. going and training again. And at the time that I made the decision to do that, my well-meaning physicians, I actually, something I want everybody also to always employ is if you get some bad news from a health professional, always get a second opinion mm-hmm. and probably a third, you know, and these were all well-meaning practitioners, but in the re- at the end of the day, they weren't really walking in my shoes and they're not really thinking about me when I'm not in the office for those five or 10 minutes. And they were telling me the same thing when I'd see a new physician. Okay, we got two weeks of bed rest, but I was just on bed rest, you know, with the other guy. Mm-hmm. What can I do to get better? But it's a, it's a safety valve as well because, you know, for their own uh, insurance purposes, even sometimes they don't want me to be too risky and hurt myself because they told me to do something. But and another thing is that the body requires movement in order to heal itself. And so once I had the audacity just to do something, and this is what I want to employ people to do is to do what you can, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's a cr- like uh, an acute situation where you just got hurt yesterday, definitely take a little bit, 24, 48 hours off, but then you need to start to do what you can. This is why the, the, the booming field of physical therapy is so important right now is encouraging us to do that work to to allow our body to start to do the things that it needs to do in order to heal itself. Mm -hmm. So that was a big part of it was movement. And I actually came across a study when I, and also I don't want to miss this important highlight, which is how do you go two and a half years of just pain, weight gain, depression, and, and turn everything around. Ultimately at the end of the day, we have to choose to do it. Right. You know, I made the decision that no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to get better instead of, they're not going to help me. Why is this happening to me? This is just, you know, I'm never going to get well. I'll try this. I'll give this a shot. I wish it would get better. Mm-hmm. When you decide, actually make a real decision about something, there's nothing that can stand in your way. Every person listening has that innate faculty 
to decide and to walk in that direction. Mm. And so once I did that, I started to, you know, change my focus. And co- I was still in college at the time and reading all the books I can get my hands on related to health. And one of the studies I came across was on, it was done on racehorses, hmm. funny enough. And they found that when the horses were, because if they break a bone, that's, that can be millions of dollars. Right. You know? Um, and the horse has to get put down. So they start to supplement the horses with things to build their bone density. And it did work. But they found when they walked the horses, in addition to supplementation, there was a greater increase in their assimilation and their mm-hmm. bone density was even greater. Wow. So I was like, well, I need to walk myself. You know, I'm the horse. <laughs> so I started to, you know, to just walk and to um, ride a stationary bike and eventually I started lifting weights again. And But a big thing was I also needed those nutrients. So asking those questions. What is my spine actually made of? What are those tissues made of? The big one that comes to mind for a lot of people when they think about their bones is calcium. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. It's one of the 300 other things that you actually need, but it's one of them. you know. And so I found out about those other things, the sulfur-bearing amino acids, the silica, the... Um, the uh, like vitamin really important- K two or vitamin D, right? Yes. These other ones. But yeah. this was the one. The one that blew me away, though, mm-hmm. and you know this too, was vitamin C. I yeah, had no right. idea how much that mattered. You know, mm-hmm. I knew it was important for my immune system, but I didn't know it was important for regenerating tissue. So then mm-hmm. I wasn't getting any vitamin C except in my sunny delight. You know, so right. <laughs> I started to look for the foods and the <laughs> better supplements and just getting those things into my body plus the movement. Plus, when I start to get great sleep, it's like the floodgates open. And in a six-week period, I lo- the, I gained about 50 pounds in that two and a half years. So I was like the fluffy version of myself. And when people see my icon, you know, the podcast and that kind of thing, I'm not the guy walking around, you know, with my shirt off. I'm not that kind of person. But, you know, that's the, the icon just so people see physically what I was able to accomplish. But um, I lost 28 pounds in the first six weeks. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. I know. And <laughs> I wasn't like I was trying to have that happen. It's just when you're doing the right things, that weight that isn't supposed to be on your body just kind of comes off. Right. And so that happened. And also the pain that I've been experiencing for two and a half years every day that had me in fear of even getting up after sitting in a chair was totally gone. And eventually yeah. I got a scan done about nine months later and I, the two herniated discs that I had retracted on their own. I regenerated the tissue in between the vertebrae and my disc to the degree of the age that I should have been at. Uh, well, actually, I mean, the, the doctor said, you know, it's equivalent to maybe somebody who's in their uh, early 30s versus my first physician telling me I had the spine of an eight-year-old person. Crazy. And that was the birthing of my career. You know, I really started to focus on nutrition and biology in school. I started working with a lot of my professors, became my clients, mm-hmm. uh, fellow students, faculty, and working at a university for several years was really beneficial because I got to have that very powerful, uh, vast pot to, to pick from and to work with and work with eventually thousands of people over the course of uh, about 12 years in clinical practice. And uh, that led to the show and to the speaking and to the book and all that good stuff. But it really started as my own struggle to get well. And and it was the greatest thing that actually ever happened to me. Amazing. I love that. I love somebody who pays it forward like that. That's really where it's at. And I'm sure a big focus for you, why you focus on sleep so much with your clients and with your, you know, your book that you wrote is because it makes such a huge impact on people's health. And I know for myself as a naturopathic doctor, I see patients for all kinds of stuff. And really it's pretty rare that someone's coming to me for sleep specifically. I mean, it happens, but I mean, oftentimes it's, Hey, Dr. Noel, I want to lose weight. 
Okay. Right. Let's get you sleeping. I want to, you know, look younger. Okay. Let's get you sleeping. I have chronic pain. Okay. Let's get you sleeping. You know, I want to lose weight, all these different things. I have a low sex drive. I want to have better sex drive. Okay. Let's get you sleeping. Literally every single thing that they come in for, we get them sleeping. Oftentimes it, you know, improves so much that it becomes less of a focus at that point. So why the heck is sleep so important? You know, how, like, what does it really do for the body that is so crucial? Wow. And you just really summed up so many different things. And the same <laughs> thing, people will be coming in like, what can I take for this? What can I take for weight loss? Mm-hmm. What can I take? And it's really addressing the root cause. And it's very unusual in our busy minded, I got to work incredibly hard and break myself down to get anything culture, uh, which, you know, hard work is a true facet of success. But for us to wrap our mind around the fact that you get so much more than your nutrition and exercise from doing absolutely nothing, which is what you're doing when you're sleeping, is difficult. It's difficult for us to really get that. It's counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. this is definitely a fact. And one of the big things that we're attracted to in our culture, like everybody wants to look good and it, it's okay, you know, and to be upfront about that and you deserve that. But that's where sleep can become more of a sexy topic because yeah. right now it's not as sexy as the new, um, you know, I love Shalene Johnson, you know, uh-huh. she's a friend, the new Pio workout or whatever, you know, that's sexy. <laughs> sleep is like, well, whatever, you know, yeah, but right. <laughs> here, here's what's so different. This is what makes it so powerful. So there was a study done at the university of Chicago. They did a fantastic study. And what they did was they put the individuals in a study onto a very, um, detailed, nutrition protocol. So they put them on a very specific diet and they were getting eight and a half hours of sleep. All right. Mm-hmm. Next phase of the study, they're on the same exact diet, detailed, specific, but now they sleep deprived them. They can only get five and a half hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And what they discovered was that by sleeping three hours longer, they lost 55% more body fat. Crazy. All right? 55% more body, not weight, body fat yeah. by sleeping more. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just like, it doesn't even make any sense. But once you understand what's going on in that process of sleep and all the things that are happening to change your body, it starts to become more obvious. And so some of those things, number one is this is when you're getting the biggest secretions of human growth hormone. And you need this, especially being an adult. When you're a kid, this is why when you're younger, you can quote, get away with a lot of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You can, um, you know, I can eat the pizzas. I can have the, the ice cream, all this stuff. And I didn't really notice a big difference. But when you're 30 mm-hmm. and you just look at a donut, like you feel your butt growing like, oh, <laughs> and I, I shouldn't have looked at it. Or like if you just smell uh, a Krispy Kreme donut or mm-hmm. uh, a Cinnabon, like yep, you can feel your, right. like your neck's getting fatter, right? Like sell you, <laughs> that wasn't there before. I just smelled it, you know? And so th- things change because your hormones change. That's why you look so different from even the age of six to 16 to where you are today mm-hmm. is there's a change in what your hormones are doing. And when you hit about the age of 18 to 20, there's a big decrease in the amount of human growth hormone that we produce, according to research. But my argument is that when you turn 18 to 20, it's not that human growth hormone takes a big hit. It's that you stop sleeping as much because now I'm, I'm an adult mm-hmm. and I'm going to do what I want. I'm in college and, you know, and I know that's definitely what I did. And so we want to encourage that human growth hormone production because it does help to support lean muscle mass, which muscle is your body's fat burning machinery. The more muscle you have on your frame, the higher your metabolism is automatically. Mm -hmm. 
So this is why somebody can get more results from just sleeping more rather than cutting more calories because they're sustaining their lean muscle mass. So that's one of the big things. Another thing is supporting testosterone. So you mentioned uh, erectile dysfunction slash sexual issues Mm -hmm. uh, that can manifest themselves from not sleeping. And I actually wrote a chapter specifically about this and how uh, orgasm and sex and that whole relationship has a big impact on our sleep quality. Mm-hmm. And it, so that was chapter nine in the book. And it was pretty shocking. I put a bunch of studies in there, but of course we make it fun, make it more in- interesting because some of these studies are pretty dry and um, uninteresting. But once you understand the impact that sleep quality truly does have on it. So I'm just going to throw this one out there for anybody who might be interested in this. So um, there, was a, there was a study done. They found that uh, when, when, when a woman is sleep deprived, there's going to be a far less likelihood of sexual interest and having sex period. And so mm-hmm. what they found was that when a, when a woman was able to get in the study, when women were able to get a good night of sleep the night before, they're 14% more likely to be interested in sex and to have sex the next day. Wow. So <laughs> any of the fellas listening also like we want to support our mates in making sure that they're getting great sleep because I'll take 14% quickly. That's Thank huge. you. I will have that 14%. I already know so, all the men listening are like, okay, what can I do to get my woman to sleep a little earlier tonight? <laughs> that's, yes, that's awesome. It works. Mm-hmm. It works. And so the testosterone is another important thing. Regulation of estrogen as well, uh, because it's going to be upregulation. We can get into an estrogen dominant state from having a lack of sleep, which can uh, lead to depression of secondary sex characteristics in male mm-hmm. in males. And for women, this can lead to an acceleration of um, sex-related, sexual-related organs. So the ovaries, uh, fibroid tumors, things like that, Mm -hmm. simply from not sleeping. Last one I'm going to share in this whole hormone front is the big one, which is melatonin. And so if you're not getting adequate sleep in the time that you're supposed to be sleeping because your genes expect you to sleep at a certain time, you're going to get a big hit to your melatonin secretion. And so melatonin is quite possibly the most powerful, endogenously produced anti-cancer hormone that humans make. Right. And so this is why uh, there's a nurse's study that I put in the book. There's actually several, but um, they were looking at, in, in, in specifically in the, um, in the field of, of nurses, that women who worked the overnight shift had over twice the... Uh, over twice the occurrence of breast cancer than the normal population. So they're doubling their occurrence of breast cancer simply from working the overnight shift. And the World Health Organization has come on and said that shift work is actually a type two, I'm sorry, a type uh, 2A carcinogen, mm-hmm. right? So just not sleeping at night is a cancer causing agent. So we want to make sure that we're getting sleep for those big three hormones. So uh, human growth hormone, testosterone and all, and also estrogen kind of will couple those together and melatonin. Melatonin will help you to get that deep anabolic rejuvenative sleep so that you actually wake up feeling good the next day. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a slam dunk for everything. And it's we live in this culture. It's like, I'll sleep when I die, you know, it's like get more done and okay, no excuse, get to the gym, get up an hour earlier. But I mean, this really does create so many benefits and it's, and like you said, if you're not getting it, it's actually causing a lot of risk. I'm, I'm curious about the timing that you mentioned, you know, the eight hours is kind of that little sweet spot. We, we hear of that the, the amount of time, but is it the same going to bed at 2am and getting up at 10 in the morning or going to bed at 10pm and waking up at six? So how is it different? Yes. So, 
Uh, what the research really shows is that timing our sleep is like timing an investment. And it really matters more um, when you invest versus how much you invest. Because if you invest even a, a, a little bit at the right time when you're talking about investing money, you can get a lot of benefit. And so that's what we're looking at with sleep is what is the time frame that we can invest our sleep and get more bang for the buck. So the research shows that it's between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is the greatest anabolic window. And so what is this even when I'm saying anabolic? Uh, I'm sure you talked about this as well, but it's basically the building up of rejuvenation, growth. Anabolic means growth. Catabolic is what's happening right now for all of us. Even if we're sitting here meditating, um, we're st it's still a pretty catabolic process just being up and being awake. So we need that metabolic window very, very much, that anabolic window, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And so between 10 and, 10 and 2, so we're going to get the greatest secretion of human growth hormone in that window if we're asleep during it. We're also going to get the uh, melatonin secretion that we really need to ensure that we're getting our normal sleep cycles because it's not about the amount of hours that you get. It's about being able to get your full sleep cycles and a minimum I recommend and our sleep cycles are about 90 minutes. So a minimum of four, which would be about six hours of sleep or for some people they need six, you know, five or six. So this could be upwards of nine hours of sleep instead of going by the cookie cutter. You need to get eight hours of sleep to be healthy. No, it really depends on the person and really depends on, are you getting your normal full sleep cycles, which are cycling out of REM sleep, non-REM sleep and stages in between. And so that's the ideal thing we want to target. And some experts say that getting even an hour in that window is equivalent to two hours of benefit. Uh, it's equivalent to two hours of sleep benefit. So I recommend definitely getting as many hours as you, as you can in that window, because this is why a lot of people like, I got eight hours, but they're sleeping from one o'clock and getting up at eight o'clock mm -hmm. or nine o'clock. You know, and they're feeling still tired, but because they missed out on that real powerful anabolic window. Mm. So I recommend getting a minimum of two hours in that window, but four is, is better, you know, so you can wake up uh, maybe a little bit earlier, change your sleep schedule a little bit and just dominate your day, get a lot more done before other people wake up. Or, you know, even shifting it for people that are out there getting to bed at one o'clock, you know, watching Netflix or whatever, um, to change a little bit, let's start ratcheting back a little bit, 15 minutes every couple of days until you can, and this is called the gradual method that you know, we talk about, until um, you can get more time in the anabolic window, even getting to bed at midnight if you're at one now or 11 if you're at midnight, you know, just getting a little bit more of that time is going to help you to get so much more benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. And so other little strategies, I mean, we, we're in this culture now where we're looking at our phones and our iPads and our TVs and all this light exposure. And I know that's a huge reason why this melatonin spike just doesn't happen. Our bodies just think, oh, it's daytime. In fact, it's an endless summer because there's all this light all the time. So, right. you know, our bodies just really shift and, and respond for, for in, in a lot of different ways because of that. And we could do a whole different show just on that. So in this world of technology, how can we realistically get this real restorative sleep that our bodies so desperately need? Any little tricks or tips? I'm sure you're full of them. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. So do you have an iPhone? I do. All right. Do you know about the recent update? Yes. It changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> so just right now, if everybody's updated their iPhone or you got one recently, uh, the new iOS update, Dave, it's on the phone itself because this has become so well known that the the research is there. There's no question. It's bulletproof 
that being on your device before you go to bed does in fact suppress your melatonin secretion and disrupt your sleep. And so even Apple, and if Apple's doing something, it's a big deal. They put this, uh, and it's right there on your, uh, on your navigation. Uh, it's called night shift. And this will actually just by pushing that button, it pulls out the most detrimental spectrums of light that are coming from your phone. And it does that right, you know, and it will turn off when the day, when daytime comes, it does that on its own. And so here's what Harvard researchers found. So they found that when you're exposed to blue light in particular, that's coming from our iPhones, from our computers, from our televisions, it's going to suppress your melatonin for about three hours. All right. That's not good because again, we're getting now, we might think we're, because we're unconscious in bed, we might think that we're getting eight hours sleep, but it's really five. Right. Right. And so what we want to do is help to basically wear some, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, mm-hmm. protection. How, how do I put this? <laughs> I've never said this before, but it's like your eyes and the TV are having sex. It's like safe and this sleep is like protection. instead of safe sex, right? <laughs> yes. So we're having, you need to wear protection, right? <laughs> when you're having the, the TV eye sex. And so what, what does that look like? So that that's these different apps. So like on our uh, app, uh, laptops and our desktops, we can get Flux, which is F.L.U.X. I recommend, I've been using that app for about three years. I love it. It's so easy to install a couple double clicks and it will pull out the most troublesome spectrums of light from your screen at night automatically based on your time zone, time of year, and it'll put it back in the screen once it turns daytime where you are. And so what that does is to help to buffer that suppression, you know, so and people notice this immediately that use these apps that they start sleeping better. The best thing is to be off of our device before we go to bed. That's the top game. But we can talk about that in a minute. But you know, I don't want to spend too much time there because you asked about hacks. So what can we do? So that's one. So what about the other stuff around us? Well, the researchers found that not all colors of light impact us the same. So uh, blue light was two times more suppressive to disrupting our sleep cycle and suppressing melatonin than green light was. And they found that red light was insignificant in what it did to our uh, melatonin. It didn't really bother it at all. And if you look through our evolution, what will we, maybe if we're exposed to any light at night, what color is it going to be? It's from the fire, It's going to be that right? reddish. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Reddish orange hue coming from fire. That's cool. And this is why also we can wear these orange tinted glasses as, as well. My, a lot of people might be seeing that now in social media. And those blue blockers basically <laughs> are going to block out that blue spectrum of light from getting through the lenses so that you could still do your normal nightly stuff, hang out. Maybe if you are going to be working on the computer or watching a television show, I definitely recommend doing that, wearing protection because <laughs> uh, it's going to help you to sleep better. But outside of that, the best thing if you want to be an A player at this stuff is to give yourself a little bit of a screen curfew. And I recommend 90 minutes and Filling that time, you have to fill it with something that really lights you up because we're addicted to our devices. If you just sit around and twiddle your thumbs and you're like, well, I know, you know, he's a sleep expert. He said we need to get in and you're just like, you're going to get the internet jitters for sure. You can be like, hit me, hit me right now. Absolutely. (laughs) Let me see one Instagram post. Just one, just one, (laughs) you know? And so what we want to do is fill that with something that really fills us up. So uh, whether it's more time with our, our loved ones and our kids, you know, game night, uh, hanging out with our friends, whatever the case may be, it has to be something that really fills us up so you can kind of break that habit. Yeah. 
All right. Last question. And then we'll let you go for people who are just swear they're night owls. It's just natural for me. I've just always been like that. I just go to bed at one or two and it's just, you know, it's just how I work. What, I mean, other than just setting back their clock, maybe 15 minutes and, you know, avoiding the, the lights, are there other little tips to start to get them to wind down where they can go to sleep earlier? Yeah, well, this is really about knowing who you are. And also at the same time, it's this very uh, interesting parallel of understanding that when we put labels on ourselves, we we put ourselves into a box. We kind of enslave ourselves in many ways, you right. know, and we start to identify ourselves with this very solid thing that can change in an instant. And when that change happens, it really disrupts our character and our world can come crashing down. And so to give an example, if somebody ident- identifies himself as an athlete and then a big injury happens, I've talked to many of these people and they're lost, you mm-hmm. know, for it really, it really shakes their world because that's all they identify and label themselves as. So we want to be careful with labels, but we also want to know who we are and create that more consciously. Let me make it, put it like that. So Mm. saying you're a night owl, I promise you, first of all, you're not an owl. (laughs) I promise you have no feathers, you know? So this is, you're you're literally not an owl and humans are not nocturnal. We're not um, nocturnal creatures. We just aren't. We've evolved to operate during the daytime. Our senses suck at night. If you're like out in complete darkness in the jungle, chances are you're not coming back. Yeah. gonna be something's gonna eat you because it can see you and it can smell you and it can hear you right and all you hear is like random oh did i hear a stick break you right. know like our senses are so dull but because of our advent of light and electricity just in the last hundred ish years not even really that widespread especially um, we've been able to manufacture a second daytime and start to work more in the evening whereas in the evening this was time for especially through our evolution the vast majority of it um, for taking shelter, you know, because it's dangerous. We live in a much more comfy, cozy life. And even within the last couple of hundred years, when we have these great um, artists or, or writers who do write in the in the witching hours, mm-hmm. I actually, there's many, many more who did not do that. Right. You know, from <laughs> right. Bishop Franklin to the great stoic writers, you know, and they're saying how the most valuable time is right after sleeping and getting up really, really early in the morning before the sun rises. And that's Mm. that sweet spot for so many of the most amazing things that are part of our culture today, as far as, you know, literary works and art and things like that. But, you know, because when there was that window where people were working into the night, it was when we started to have, be able to tame fire in a way and to have lamps and things like that to enable us to do that. Naturally, Mm. we don't do that. And yeah. so I want to just put that out there that it's a learned behavior. And if you want to be a part of the the day walkers <laughs> again, you know, um, if that is a goal of yours, because some people are just like, I want to, but I'm a night person and I really struggle with that, then definitely employ the gradual method. And so that's taking it instead of, because a lot of times what we'll do, and especially, um, you know, America, you know, Americans, we go hard. And so yeah. it's like, all right. I learned about this stuff. I'm going to start getting up at six o'clock in the morning. I know I usually get up at nine tomorrow at six. Your day's going to suck. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. first day is okay. But the second day, because you're so rattled and throw off your sleep cycle so much, you're not probably not going to stick with it. 
So I recommend the gradual method of 15 minute increments of less, you know, if you're waking up at nine, 15 minute increments every couple of days um, and make it over the course of maybe a month that you're eventually getting up at six o'clock in the morning rather than doing it all in one go. So that's one thing. And also we have to, and you know, a friend of mine, Hal Elrod. Love Hal. You know about Hal? Yeah, he's been on the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. So you, get, you already know. So he wrote The Miracle Morning. And there's a big part of that is the mindset behind it. And also right now I've been talking with Craig Ballantyne, who's just an amazing character. He's, he's sort of known as like the godfather in the uh, fitness kind of marketing world online. And he he runs now today, shifted his focus on the personal development because that's what he's really passionate about, early to rise. And so I've been doing and employing and talking with him about the perfect day formula. And a big part of that revolves around getting up early and having a mission. So following Hal's work, you know, The Miracle Morning, definitely read that book or checking out Craig Ballantyne, The Perfect Day Formula. It's going to light you up and give you something exciting to help to motivate you to get out of bed in the morning when that motivation might not be there every now and then. And uh, plus all the benefits that you get with improving your sleep quality, it's just going to make you a more energetic, healthy, fit person. On top of all that, you're going to make better decisions with your nutrition. You're going to make better decisions with your exercise. Your life is just probably going to get substantially better if you can shift your schedule a little bit and focus more on the things that really matter. Because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the stuff we sacrifice our health so that we can make a good life for our family. But our family wants us. They want the best version of us, not the sleep-deprived, angry, beat-down, stressed-out version of ourselves. We got to stop showing up like that for our loved ones, right? You know, and we're setting the bar. So this is a big time right now in our world to make it a mandate to be the best version of ourselves. And a big part of that is learning to sleep smarter, for sure. Mm. Love it. You just dropped some major knowledge bombs and I am just so grateful for you gracing us with our presence on a, on a Friday morning. And, um, so the website's themodelhealthshow.com. People can pick up your book at sleepsmarterbook.com. And Sean, do you have any parting words for us before we let you go and crush your day? <laughs> uh, I just, I just want to say thank you so much for for inviting me on and to be such a gracious host and for making the difference that you're making. And yeah, everybody can check me out in those different mediums or wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find the model health show. And right now we're number one in the country again. And, um, it's crazy, right? It doesn't even make any sense how this stuff happens, but it's just creating that really powerful, uh, body of work and people know heart when they hear it or when they, when they see it. It's something that you can't teach and just caring enough really sets apart, you know, the people who are just trying to, um, you know, build a platform or, or, or make a, a buck and that's cool. But this is really at the end of the day, it's about service and be, being able to help people to live the life that they are here to live. And, you know, this world that we live in can throw us off our game sometimes and being around people like Dr. Lowe and being around uh, a really important and powerful and powerful, uplifting messages on a consistent basis is one of the things that we need in our world today. So I just want to thank you for that. And so people can check out the show and the book. And of course, you can go to your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble. If it happens, some stores are sold out right now. If you happen to go that route, just demand, like look them in the eyes and say, I want the book back in the store. <laughs> Better get this. Um, <laughs> Amazon. 
Amazon.com, all those usual places. So, and just thank you so much for having me on. Amazing. Enjoy your day, Sean. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Definitely go check out Sean Stevenson at the Model Health Show. And if you guys have been listening to the show and you like what you're hearing, I'd love to have you write a review on iTunes. It makes me so happy. It warms my heart to read the feedback about the show. And as always, you can check me out over at shinenaturalmedicine.com. Have a great rest of your week. Take care, guys. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. How do you feel about your office? Is it just a space for your company or is it a space to help you grow your company? From new HQs to satellite offices, with WeWork, you can find a space that works for you. Visit we.co slash space matters to learn more.